You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hello, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for Star Wars Episode 7 and Star Wars Rebels and all the new exciting stuff in the Star Wars universe. I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm back with my co-host, Tim, after a little bit of a long absence. How have you been, Tim? Hey, Kyle. Yeah, doing good. has been a while, a few weeks since our last episode, but it's mainly because it's been slow on the Star Wars news front lately, but I think that's going to change pretty soon but we'll get into that later but yeah it's good to be back though yeah yeah we're kind of in that lull right before all the big summer conventions where everybody you know has news and new trailers and interviews and all that kind of stuff so not a whole lot of big uh big star wars news since our last episode which was our battlefront extravaganza where we went on and on and geeked out about how excited we were about that but uh, since then, there have just been a few small pieces of news and actually a couple things that happened uh, either before or around the time of our last episode that we just didn't get to mention because we were so focused on Battlefront. So uh, we'll cover that stuff for you guys in this episode and uh, get to some other uh, small you know, rumors about Episode 7 and that kind of thing. This will be just kind of like a rumor roundup and... Uh, and like I said, we'll, we'll hopefully get some big news uh, in not too far in the future. But uh, so, Tim, what do we got for our uh, our first news piece? Yeah, so first up, um, something that I've been waiting for to happen finally happened to the Clone Wars. <laughs> On uh, June 16th, I think they had the Daytime Emmy Awards, and the Clone Wars finally won an Emmy for Outstanding Special Class Animated Program. And I kind of kicked myself after I saw this because after I saw the announcements, I realized it actually aired on TV, but I wasn't even heard of the channel it was on. But thankfully, uh, there was a YouTube clip that was put out of uh, George Lucas, Dave Filoni accepting the Daytime Emmy Award on there. So it was just cool to see the show finally get recognized and to see George Lucas go on there with Dave Filoni and producer Kerry Silver to accept the award and you could just tell that Lucas was kind of cherishing the moment because he even said in his speech, this is the first time I actually won an award like this from an academy for Star Wars. So it was kind of a big thrill for him to accept it. And I know we've been saying this for a while. The show deserved an Emmy in its first season, frankly. And then better late than never really now that the show's gone. But it's just glad it finally got recognized just for how truly great it was. So congratulations to everyone there. It was definitely cool to finally have it get recognized yeah yeah definitely well deserved and uh yeah this happened i think it happened like the day after we recorded our last episode and the day before i got it uploaded and posted and everything um but yeah i mean it's definitely great to have it finally get recognized like you said and i think the uh, the video clip is pretty funny if you go and check it out online it's uh carrie fisher was the one who presented the award and she was um you know presenting for that category or whatever and, uh, you know, and then she opened the award and kind of freaked out and was like, oh, yeah, 
uh, Star Wars won. And yeah. then she like <laughs> kneeled down and bowed and gave, handed the award to George Lucas. And it was pretty funny. But um, yeah, and also not only did the Clone Wars as a show win for uh, special, it was outstanding special class animated program. But also, uh, David Tennant won an award for best vocal performance as uh, Hu Yang in the Young Jedi episodes. Um, you know, for playing that droid who built all the lightsabers and stuff. And I mean, he he did a fantastic job with that character. And uh, it's it's nice to have some of the Star Wars vocal talent. Um, you know, the voice actors and stuff recognized as well because those guys just do an awesome job. And I think we we kind of dominated like half that category because there were six actors nominated. And three of them were from the Clone Wars. There was uh, David Tennant and Sam Witwer, obviously, as Darth Maul, and uh, Jim Cummings, who plays Hondo Onaka. So I was hoping that, uh, you know, that somebody from the Clone Wars would win that category and was like, well, we got a pretty good shot because we've got like half that category filled up. But um, And it kind of surprised me. I guess I was thinking if anybody was going to win that award, it would be Sam Witwer because, you know, everybody makes such a big deal of, you know, how kind of how big, a, how big of a Star Wars fan he is and how involved he is in the franchise, but also just how, um, kind of how much of a big deal it was to have Darth Maul coming back in the first place. And then also how well he did the voice for that. Um, so, you know, honestly, I think any of those guys would have been well-deserving and I'm not trying to take away anything from David Tennant because he also did a fantastic job. Um, I was kind of, like I said, I was kind of surprised that it was him and not Sam Witwer, but I wasn't disappointed at all because I was like, you know what? He did a great job too. And I love that character. And as soon as, uh, as soon as I saw that episode for the first time, that like immediately stuck out as my favorite part was his performance at the beginning where he's kind of lecturing the younglings and telling them, Oh, I've been in all these battles and built all these lightsabers and you know, all this stuff about the force and everything. He did a great job with that. So um, it's kind of funny if anybody out there's a big Doctor Who fan, I bet you probably weren't expecting that uh, he'd get an Emmy Award for, you know, Clone Wars of all things one day. But, um, you know, nice to get some recognition in the voice category as well. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. But um, I guess I would say I was a little more disappointed that it wasn't Sam Witwer. I mean, nothing against David Tennant. Like you said, he did a great job as a character. But what Sam Witwer did, I think, was something really special, what he did with Darth Maul. I mean, the range of acting that he did with that character from episodes like uh, Brothers and uh, Revenge and then the Death Watch arc that we just saw in season five. I know that was the arc he was nominated for since was, this was for season five. But um, just everything that he did with Darth Maul, I felt should have been recognized as, like I said, I don't want to take anything away from any of the voice actors on the show because everything everyone does such a great job. But I think just Sam Witwer took it to another level with his performance as Darth Maul. So glad that someone from Clone Wars won, but... There's a part of me that would have loved to see Sam Witwer get recognized for the truly phenomenal job he did as Darth Maul. Because I don't think any of us were expecting Darth Maul to come back and then let alone just be elevated to such brand new heights as a character. So, yeah, (laughs) hopefully Sam Witwer can get recognized in another fashion for it. But like you said, still glad Clone Wars uh, got recognized for its awesome uh, vocal talent. But yeah, well, (laughs) and, you know, you know, like I said, I feel like that a little bit. But at the same time, um you know, you also have to realize how how good it is just to be nominated for an Emmy, yeah. or you know, if you're in movies, to be nominated for an Oscar. I mean, that in itself is you know a rare honor. And um, I mean, on the one hand, nobody brags about you know, oh, this person was a seven-time Emmy nominee, even though they never won. You know, obviously, you want to win the award, but at the same time, um, 
like I said, for for six voice actors to be nominated and three of them were from Clone Wars. And, you know, you think of all the other actors working on all the other TV shows out there who didn't get nominated. It's like, you know, at least they're recognizing that that Sam Witwer and also Jim Cummings as Hondo, that they're, you know, up there in the elite uh, category, you know, among the best of the best. So even though it was David Tennant who won the award, I was just happy for all those guys that they got that recognition. Yeah, definitely. And I'm just hoping it doesn't take... Uh, the final season for Star Wars Rebels to get <laughs> recognized <laughs> if it ends up being as good as Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully not. I guess the only thing for me is that, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that they got these nominations and these awards and everything because people actually felt like season five was that good. I mean, when you look at the fact that none of the other seasons got nominated, I hope this wasn't just sort of like sort of a, a pity kind of thing almost like oh your show got canceled well now we'll sort of recognize like the show as a whole since it's not around anymore um like I've, I've heard people make that comparison with like lord of the with the third lord of the rings movie when that one won you know 11 out of 11 academy awards people said well oh that was sort of just them you know recognizing the achievements of the trilogy as a whole yeah. um and so you know and on, on, at the same time i don't really have a problem with them you know, if they're using this season to sort of recognize Clone Wars as a show, it's like, you know, like you said, better late than never. It's it's just I'm glad that they got some recognition, got some Emmy Awards finally. Um, so if they are doing that kind of to recognize the show as a whole, you know, I'll take it. But at the same time, like you said, if they start making Star Wars Rebels and it's the same, you know, the quality is on the same level as Clone Wars, I hope they don't just like, you know, start ignoring it again. And, you know, wait till that show's ending to hand out some awards, because hopefully they'll make a show that's you know worthy of winning some more Emmy Awards. And I'm sure they will. But um, I don't know. We'll see. But I'm sure that show's going to be great as well. Yeah. No worries for me about that. <laughs> Rebels. Yeah. Well, um, so we've got the obviously the great Emmy win for Clone Wars. Also something that was uh, kind of popping up around the time we did our last episode that I had meant to mention, and we just kind of didn't get to it because it kind of just went over my head with all the Battlefront stuff we were talking about. But there's been a lot of talk about um, a, a Star Wars expansion possibly coming to Disney World or maybe Disneyland or you know some of the Disney parks. They're talking, but uh, specifically at Disney World, I know they said they were going to do this at Hollywood Studios, possibly add a Star Wars expansion. And this isn't something I believe that's been officially announced by Disney yet, but it's kind of one of those um, badly kept secrets, I guess, if you want to say, where it's not just like, oh, there's a rumor from some sketchy website. It's like people have said that, oh, I've got, you know, this reliable contact, you know, Disney insider type person or like somebody that works for Disney that has said this. It just hasn't been like an official announcement, but all the sources sound pretty, uh, pretty credible that are saying this. But they're talking about like adding some areas. Basically, it'll be kind of in the same, if you've been to Disney World, it'll be like in the same area where Star Tours is, but they're just going to kind of expand around that. And um, I don't know if they're going to add any more Star Wars rides. They said they might add like one more ride or like some interactive areas or something like that. But a lot of it is going to kind of be just like interactive type stuff and like scenery where you can take pictures and, uh, you know, get pictures taken with characters and stuff like that. Um, also, uh, if you've seen this Jedi training academy thing that they do where they have like a you know, a guy in a Jedi costume and he brings some kids up on stage and they get to, you know, wave lightsabers around and fight Darth Vader and stuff. It sounds like they're actually going to be building like a facility for that. So it won't just be like outdoor on this event stage. It'll be like 
you know, there will be like an actual Jedi training academy there at Disney World um, that you can go into. And you know what? If that is true, if they end up doing that, I bet they'll probably move the uh, the lightsaber builder thing in there. Like if you've been in the gift shop, they've got this little area where they have all these buckets and you can take different lightsaber parts and kind of build your own toy lightsaber that you can buy right there at the shop. I wouldn't be surprised if they move that into the uh, into the training academy as part of that thing and you can you know go in there and build your own lightsaber and then learn how to use it and stuff like that. That would be pretty cool. And then yeah, for have something like a Jedi temple area where you just yeah. walk in and it's like like you said have like the Jedi uh academy training section there the build your own lightsaber section there and just have like maybe like a jedi library or something yeah yeah or have you know have uh have some like holocrons with holograms that come out of them and teach you or something like that yeah mm-hmm. but uh yeah and then i mean barring any really cool rides that you know they might come up with um i think the part of it that i'm probably most excited about is that they're talking about building a moss eisley cantina restaurant which I've been talking about for a long time, how cool that would be, because uh, I know the gift shop for Star Tours at Disney World, when you come out of it, it looks kind of on the outside and on the inside, it kind of looks like a Moss Eisley hut kind of thing. It's like, you know, one of those tan, sandy kind of looking buildings that you'd see on Tatooine. And I'm like, man, they should just build another one of these and put a restaurant in there and, you know, serve some blue milk and have the cantina band playing all day. And, uh, you know, how cool would that be to be in there? And so, I mean, if that's uh, one of the things they're adding, I definitely would want to go be a part of that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the idea is, I mean, there's such no-brainers when you think about a Star Wars theme theme park or a Star Wars area at Disneyland or something. Cause, like this, it almost built itself, really. Like I said, the Cantina restaurant would be awesome. <laughs> or like a Dexter Jetson's Diner. Yeah. Serve some Jawa juice there. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, how cool would it be just to sit down in a canteen area, just like where Han, Chewie, Luke, and Obi Wan were at? Then you just got uh, like these different uh, cast members. I think they call themselves Disneyland and the costumes and like different. Like you see, like a Greedo costume or some Jawas or stormtroopers walking around. It would just be a cool environment to be in to have your food. I mean, just to spend the whole day in the restaurant, <laughs> I'd be happy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, maybe have some costume characters in there or uh you know maybe you're sitting there eating your food and somebody comes up and goes he doesn't like you yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know act out some movie scenes in there i'd want to go in and find someone dress up in an obi-wan costume and offer him some death sticks there you go yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah the the nightclub from coruscant there's another thing you can have yeah yeah that'd be a lot of fun and um i guess the only downside to it i was you know i was telling you about this before we started recording is that you know, I'd love to see some more Star Wars themed rides just because, you know, there's so much exciting stuff in Star Wars and, you know, all these cool locations and great battle scenes and chase scenes and all this stuff that you would think you could make a fun ride out of. But when you try to think about, you know, which of those elements you could turn into a ride, there aren't really any left that they haven't already covered in Star Tours. Um yeah, that's kind of like the upside and the downside of the new Star Tours, too, is they've got so many different locations and uh, events that you can go to that they sort of mix and match. Like every time you go on the ride, it picks like two random destinations for you to go to. And uh, I think when I went there back like last year when uh, when we were there for Celebration 6 in Florida, um, I went with uh, Michael Cohen and Jason Hunt and uh, we went down to disney world for a night and went on star tours too like three times to you know see how many of the different locations we could get 
but um you know so it's great that you can go there and you know you get like a different experience every time but then like i said the the downside of it is that it doesn't really leave much room for other possible star wars rides but um i don't know you know at the same time i guess i don't really mind that because when you would want to go on a different ride you can just hop back in line for star tours 2 again and it almost is like a different ride because you might go somewhere completely different yeah the only thing i was thinking of maybe to make things different Maybe have a ride like Star Tours, but have it be more interactive. Maybe where like you're actually piloting a ship where it's just you and they're kind of maybe it's like an arcade game, but it feels more like a ride, kind of like Star Tours. But just like you get to choose what planet you want to go from. If you want to do battle on Hoth or above the Death Star or Genosis, something like that. Where but like you're controlling the ship like you would in an arcade game or something like that. That's something I could see where to make it a little different than just doing Star Tours again, and but yet having the same feel that you're actually piloting a ship or something. Because like you said, you are kind of right. They do have most of the stuff covered now in the new Star Tours ride. I mean, they got a speeder bike chase. You got uh, space battles. You got the Battle of Hoth on there, the underwater sequence on Naboo. So most of the cool like space or like spaceship and uh, cruiser elements in Star Wars that you see, they have covered in Star Tours already. So maybe make it a little more interactive could be a way to change things up. Yeah, yeah, possibly. In fact, I think I did see something where they said that maybe instead of a new ride, they might just add something to Star Tours. And I don't know if that would mean new destinations or, you know, like you were saying, some sort of element of interactivity to it. Or maybe it's just, um, you know, something new, some sort of new physical element to like the inside of the ride. Like you walk in and, you know, there's the ramp to your shuttle and everything. They might add some new areas inside there to explore, like while you're waiting in line. What they uh, could do is they could redo the... Matterhorn and just reshape it with Star Tours and put the Wampa in the game. That, <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Or uh, that old, well, the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse that was at Disneyland. Just turned out like to e- the Ewok Village or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, you know, we're talking about these interactive areas. They could definitely add a, you know, an Ewok Village or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, One yeah. I, guess... I would like to. I mean, it'd be hard to do, but this is my favorite planet out of all of Star Wars would be Camino. I just love the rain environment and the water that's all there, but I don't know how you would do that as a theme park, but <laughs> out of all the planets, I'd be something I'd want to see, but I don't know how they do it, though. But <laughs> Yeah, that could be interesting, but I, I don't know. Um, although they could maybe, I mean, maybe in that Jedi Training Academy, they could incorporate some elements of, like, the inside. You know, maybe there's, like, a clone trooper training area that looks more like Camino. There you go. But yeah. I don't know how they do the whole outdoor rain thing. They of course, a... it's Florida. It rains a lot anyways. You could just walk around out there and pretend you're on Camino. <laughs> I was going to say, like, they have a special portion of the park on rainy days. That's just Camino. So when it's not, it's something else. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Obviously, I'm sure we'll hear more details about that as it gets closer to becoming a reality. Um, obviously, this is something that probably won't happen anytime real soon. Um, you know, maybe like two or three years down the line, but it's not like it's coming, you know, next spring or anything like that. But um, I don't know. Yep. Like I said, we'll we'll just have to keep an ear out. And when when that does happen, um, you know, I would definitely want to go check it out and uh, you know see what new stuff they've added to it. I already love going on Star Tours, and um, I've been lucky enough to go to Disney World twice for Star Wars weekends and just walking around with you know the Star Wars music playing, and they've got some of those you know, Star Wars backdrop photo opportunities set up and Star Wars characters walking around and all that kind of stuff. So 
to have an area where that's going on all the time would be, you know, really cool. So I'm like, heck yeah, sign me up. I'll go. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the only bit of the news that was disappointing to me was that <laughs> right now it's just announced that it's Disney World. I mean, I would love for it to be at Disneyland, which is like 20 minutes away from where I live, but <laughs> it'll be a little harder to get to Florida than it would be at Anaheim. But hopefully if it's not successful there, they'll just bring it right over to Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I obviously Disneyland is smaller than Disney World, but um, if they can't build it at Disneyland, I would hope they would at least add some elements of it you know maybe add like a smaller version of it or just add the cantina restaurant or something like that yeah and like i said earlier just get rid of the disney's california adventure and turn that at all to star wars land <laughs> <laughs> i guarantee it'll do a lot better than the disney california adventure has done <laughs> yeah but well, anyway we'll see <laughs> yeah yeah definitely something to look forward to definitely yeah <laughs> Yeah, so aside from that stuff, I mean, that's kind of the two big things that have been going on since uh, our last episode. Um, a couple other things. We've got some uh, some Episode 7 and some Rebels, uh, just kind of rumors floating around out there, right? Yeah. First up was uh, kind of the big one was that there is a supposed uh, casting list sheet that went out to, I guess, different casting uh, directors and agents. Um now, when this first broke out, I believe it was Bleeding Cool that had this uh, casting description for the characters. But then they later reported that um, it got confirmed by a Deadline that they're saying people at Lucasfilm have confirmed that they are starting to cast and that this list was legitimate. But um, the description on this list doesn't give like any character names or anything like that. It just tells you what kind of people they're looking for. And it's kind of like your generic roles is what you would associate with a Star Wars movie. I mean, first up, they have uh, a late teen female, independent, good sense of humor, fit. Then they have a young 20-something male, witty and smart, but not traditionally good-looking. <laughs> and then there's, in contrast to that, there's another late 20-something male who's handsome and confident. Then they also have uh, like a 70-something male with strong opinions, tough demeanor, and doesn't need to be particularly fit. <laughs> Maybe it's going to be an out-of-shape rebel or Jedi or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Then there's a second young female, late teens, tough, smart, and fit. And then a 40-something male, military type. And then the last one was a 30-something male, intellectual. And it says, apparently doesn't need to be fit. So <laughs> it's going to be two characters who aren't going to be uh, well-fit in episode seven, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of pretty vague descriptions. It's, some people are saying, oh, this pretty much confirmed you're going to see Jason and Jaina solo in this because they're looking for like late teens, early twenties, males and female characters. But yeah, I mean, we can kind of assume that, but at the same time, this isn't no way am I taking this as confirmation as yeah, it's going to be Jason and Jaina solo more than likely. It will be kids of either Luke Han or Leia's, but um, yeah, we'll still have to wait and see. But for me personally, I'm not taking too much into this as far as confirmation as anything, because it's pretty straightforward casting list is, what you would expect to see for episode seven, at least it was to me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, it's pretty, pretty nondescript. Um, obviously there, it seems like they're kind of casting a wide net for casting actors because like you said, it's not real specific. It's just kind of like gives you the gender, the approximate age and a really vague physical description. So, you know, they're going to have a lot of people come in and try out for those roles, and it doesn't tell you anything about what they do in the story or what their part, you know, in the movie is. So, um, you know, obviously, like you said, there's a possibility 
that it's, you know, Jason or Jaina, um, but at the same time, you know, who knows? I mean, for one thing, it's very possible that for those lead roles, they could already have actors and actresses in mind that they want to play those parts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, all these roles that they're, you know, putting out a wide casting call for could be more minor supporting roles, or even if they are for the main characters, um, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that these movies are going to focus on uh, Luke and Han and Leia's kids, but we don't know how closely they're going to stick to the EU. We don't know if they're going to be, you know, if the characters are going to have the same names, if they're going to be the same ages, you know, if they're going to have the same number of kids. So, you know, at this point, who knows? We don't even know. It's like you can't predict what characters the roles are for when you don't really know what characters are going to be in the movie in the first place. Exactly. And I think kind of the wording was a little funny in this for a supposedly official uh, casting call list. Because words like where it says, apparently, does it need to be fit? You think they wouldn't use the word apparently on there. They would pretty much know what they're looking for <laughs> on this casting call sheet. So yeah, that kind of made yeah. me question a little bit, too. Yeah. But again, you know, that could be a sheet that was typed up by someone who got their information from someone else. So you know, this is just someone at a casting agency or like a casting director or somebody like that. This isn't necessarily, you know, I doubt this was like handwritten by J.J. Abrams. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I can understand that maybe being a little bit nondescript, but, um, you know, like I said, I'm just not reading too much into it. I'm like, OK, it is what it is. You know, we know that Yeah, it, obviously it's to nobody's great surprise that they're casting roles for this movie because we know that they're making it. So makes sense that you're going to be casting people to play parts in it. But, um, you know, it's just still not much information to go on. So I'm just kind of like, okay, wait and see for more details. Yeah, same here. And then not too long after that, there was a new rumor that came out as far as some of the plots for Episode 7 and then the the certain classic character who may show up on it. Now, this was uh, reported on a big shiny robot or uh, the poster of Brian Young, who's also a co-host of Full of Sith podcast. And he's actually someone I trust when it comes to Star Wars stories or rumors, because I don't think he just say anything. But where this story is coming from is kind of leaves you to question where, well, okay, maybe we'll see if it pans out or not. But what this is all about is that uh, someone he knew who works on the HBO show of Boardwalk Empire, um, one of the, I believe it was like a production designer, or, or like a, someone, a designer on the show who saw his friend who works on it had a Star Wars tattoo. And this person on set says, hey, I got the, ins- you like Star Wars? I know the inside scoop on episode seven. You want to hear it? And he said, yeah. And then he says, well, here's what I know. The story will resolve around Han and Leia's kids and that Darth Vader will be back. And the person he's telling this to says, like, oh, really? Didn't Darth Vader die and Luke burned his suit? Then the person was saying that, I'm going to say is that Darth Vader is back and that who's actually in the suit is the big deal. So the big rumor of this story is that Darth Vader is going to come back to episode seven. Now, instead of kind of debating if this story is legit or not, and if it's going to happen for me, I'm just, what I took from was that what if Darth Vader does come back? Is that something that I'd be happy with, or is it going to ruin episode seven for some people saying that they're just retreading the same thing with Darth Vader? But for me personally, I kind of take it if he is going to be back, it all depends on just how he's used, really. I think if he's brought back as oh, the main villain again and they're just retreading the same thing, yeah, I'd be a little disappointed. But 
if they do it in a creative way that not necessarily makes them the main villain, but kind of like the haunting past of Luke Skywalker and the Skywalker name, and somebody's using that to kind of bring them down or to their destruction, I can see it working because you can't just forget about Darth Vader and he won't be mentioned in this new uh, trilogy or anything. So I think it all depends on how they use them. And it, I think it could work if they bring him back. And I tr- have total confidence in J.J. Abrams and Michael Arndt and George Lucas's early treatments for the story that if they are going to bring it back, it's going to be in a way that's different and makes sense. But how do you feel about that? Is like Darth Vader a character you think they should just totally stay away from? Or if it works in a creative way, you don't, you wouldn't mind seeing him again? Well, the interesting for me, the in- interesting thing for me in that story was when he mentioned that, you know, the the mystery of who's in the suit is going to be the point of the story. Because if they bring Darth Vader back as Anakin Skywalker, I'm going to like flip the table. Like, yeah, it, because I don't know if I've mentioned this before on this podcast, but I have a real pet peeve for when people make stories and they bring, you know, make up some crappy excuse for bringing a dead character back to life just so they can get more stories out of them and make more money off a recognizable character. I mean, that's what they did with the force unleashed Two. spoiler alert, star killer dies at the end of the first one. And then they were like, Hey, that game made a lot of money. Let's make another one. And Oh, but he's dead. Well, hmm, let's see. We'll clone him and make another game about him. Like if they, if they find some way to bring back, Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker in the flesh, I will be really disappointed. Now, if they find some kind of way where, you know, like it said, if Darth Vader comes back and everyone thinks it's the real Darth Vader because maybe not everyone knows that he died. I mean, obviously, you know, the only people that saw him die were Luke and some panicked stormtroopers running around in the hangar right before they blew up. Um, You know, so some people could think that Vader is still out there, but... I think that might kind of spoil the the suspense of it a little bit for us as the audience because we know that Anakin's dead. So as soon as we see him show up, you know, it's going to be like either, okay, they screwed this up and brought Vader back and, you know, couldn't come up with any more original ideas. Or it's not Vader and we don't know who it is, but, you know, all the characters in the movie think it's Vader and we know it's not. You know, we still got to figure out who it is, but we're already, you know, one step ahead of them. So... I mean, in the in the second scenario, if it is an issue of, you know, sort of um, making the story about Vader's legacy or something or some villain is trying to capitalize on that and, you know, usurp the mantle of Darth Vader, like that could make for an interesting story if it's done right, uh, because there definitely could be some good intrigue of, you know, trying to figure out who it is. And obviously, I mean, you know, it's an iconic villain and a, a really... Uh, sort of cool evil presence I mean just seeing that mask and suit again but um, I mean if if they do go down that road I, I hope they really do it well and are careful with it because I still might be slightly disappointed just because I'd like to see a new villain and some new ideas and it's like okay yeah you could maybe do some new ideas revolving around you know the Darth Vader suit and the legacy of Darth Vader but you know, Vader's dead. We had six movies about him. Let's get a new bad guy in here. So if they, if they do go that route and, uh, you know, make it about Darth Vader, I just hope that they tread really carefully. And I mean, I have a lot of faith in JJ Abrams. He's a great filmmaker and, you know, I really like a lot of his work, but still I would be cautiously optimistic about it. Um, very cautiously optimistic. I'm I'm still kind of hoping that they stay away from it, but it's like, if they really decide to go that way, 
I can at least see, a, you know, some possibilities where it could work out, but that's not, that's not what I would do with it. But, um, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see because, you know, maybe they'll go that way and then totally surprise me and make it, you know, better than I ever could have hoped it could turn out. And if that's the case, obviously I'll be fine with it, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. And like we said, as long as he's not the main villain again, it was like, he's maybe just like kind of presence felt in the movie and he'll just show up either like a flashback or something like that, or just that he's where he's not the main antagonist, but you, his presence is felt throughout the new movie. And we, there's in some way we just see that suit again, because to be honest, I'm not going to complain one bit if we see the Darth Vader suit <laughs> show up in the movie again, as long as it's like not Anakin's force spirit inhabiting the suit and it's Darth Vader all over again. I think that would be pretty weak, but right. it's always great to see Darth Vader's costume in, in the Star Wars movie. So yeah, yeah, like but I said, same, wait and see. At, at the same time, though, I don't know if I'd want it to just be a small part of it because you know I could understand if there was just sort of like this undercurrent of you know people talking about the legacy of Darth Vader and stuff like that. And, you know, like you said, him having an impact on the new stories. But if there's going to be someone actually in the Darth Vader suit, you can't have that be a minor character because then, you know, that'll be off on the little side thing. And then we'll be watching like the main central conflict. And I'm just going to be going, wait a second. Why are we worrying about this when there's somebody trying to resurrect Darth freaking Vader? You know, it's like, if they're going to do it, I hope it is, you know, sort of a big, plot point but uh, you know also like i said i hope they do it justice that they're going to do that so here's a crazy theory <laughs> what if it's luke actually in the darth vader suit what if oh, he has like gosh. a split mission where he's trying to rebuild the jedi order or the jedi order is rebuilt and he's doing things as a jedi master should but this threat is so great that he has to do things that a jedi wouldn't do and he takes on the role of darth vader like does these secret like assassinations or something against this new threat or does things against the jedi code oh well now <laughs> you're going into darth revan territory yeah he does like the split dual personality or not personality but like a dual identity type thing both good and evil <laughs> <laughs> and that's the big reveal of the new trilogy at, the uh, world, at episode nine or something i don't know that, that could be interesting um again whatever way they go with it i think there's a very small but solid chance of opportunity for them to make it really, really awesome. And then a lot of chances for it to either just fall flat or be really bad if they go that way. So I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to see, uh, you know, if they decide to do that or not. And if they do, then hopefully they make it awesome and pull it off. Yeah. We'll see. Well, I'm calling it here first, so that's my big, bold prediction for <laughs> Darth Vader's in it. <laughs> that Luke is going to stay true to the light side, but also yeah. take up the Vader suit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'll be proven wrong, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not. But then, uh, and then we've also got some Star Wars Rebels stuff, right? Yeah, this is another story that came from uh, Bleeding Cool. They seem to be getting uh, some Star Wars rumors a lot lately. But um, their big story is that uh, the title of Star Wars Rebels isn't necessarily just going to be about the Rebel Alliance, but yet it might actually be about uh, rebellious teenagers. And they said that, they kind of like their inside scoop revealed that the title uh, is actually a play on uh, the main characters, which will be teenagers. And in this article, they were kind of saying how they don't know how fans will react to that about a show 
being focused more toward Young's characters for young audiences. But for me, I don't see how that's going to be any different from how Clone Wars was focused a lot on Ahsoka, who was a teenager. And even the Star Wars movies and A New Hope, Luke was early 20s, late teens. And then Episode 2, Anakin was early 20s, late teens. And, and heck, he was a nine-year-old kid in Episode 1. So having the stories focus on young teenagers or young kids is nothing really new to Star Wars. And I don't see how that will affect Star Wars Rebels negative in a negative way. So if it is focused on teenagers, uh, I really won't have any issues with that. I mean, it could just be like they're recruiting young people to be part of the rebellion or they'll just focus on this one section of the rebellion that will be teenagers. So I don't know. We'll see if that's actually true. But if it is, I don't have any problem with that as far as it being any different from any other Star Wars stories we've gotten. Yeah, except if you think about it, the uh, I mean, you're right, there has been sort of a theme of youth and, you know, young heroes in Star Wars, but people don't always react the most positively to that. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's been a lot of negative reaction to the nine-year-old Anakin in episode one, and, um, you know, like you said, Luke and Anakin in, like, episodes two and three, and in the original trilogy, they're, like, late teens, early 20s. Which I wouldn't mind that so much if the characters are that age. And, you know, a lot of people at first in the Clone Wars found Ahsoka really annoying, too. And I didn't hate her at first, but she definitely wasn't my favorite. She took a long time to really grow on me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, by by the time of, like, season three, I really liked her as a character. But from the beginning, I kind of liked the idea of the character. But I think my biggest problem was not sort of, you know, her youthful energy or her being you know, too annoying or eccentric or anything like that. My biggest problem was sort of from a story point of view, I found it really hard to believe that they would give such a young kid so much responsibility. I mean, she's like 14 and I know she's got the force and a lightsaber and Jedi skills and everything, but you've got her going toe to toe with general Grievous and, you know, Anakin is letting her lead an entire squadron into battle against a, you know, separatist blockade. And he's not even, you know, flying with her and, you know, all this kind of stuff where I'm like, okay, you know, this is fun for a kid's show, but as a, as a hardcore Star Wars fan, some of that stuff was a little bit hard to swallow for me. And so that's sort of my only, I guess my only sticking point with this rumor about Rebels is that if it is true, I hope that they kind of go with, you know, I, I definitely hope that they go with like older, sort of in the older range of teenage years, I guess, like 17 to 19 but, you know, because if they have, like, a 14- or 15-year-old kid flying an X-Wing, you know, shooting down TIE fighters, it's like, who's the idiot that, you know, let this child go to war against the Empire and get themselves killed, you know? Oh, it's it could work, be... too, from a story point where maybe they're just – this is the beginning of the rebellion and they're kind of really desperate to get uh, soldiers or fighters to help them in their uh, fight against the Empire. Maybe this is, like – the really early beginnings they kind of have to take what they can get and if it's going to be like a 14 or 15 year old kid then that's who they're gonna to have to fight with yeah possibly i mean the other thing is that i hope they balance that out with some older characters too the the thing about yeah, clone wars for me will. is that early in the series you know i didn't like ahsoka that much but i still loved the show because you've got anakin and obi-wan and you know yoda and mace windu and they're introducing all these new characters like cad bane and you've got ventures coming back and all that kind of stuff so you know, Ahsoka was sort of a small part of it. And even among, like, the main characters that the show really focused on, it was pretty much Ahsoka and Anakin and Obi-Wan. Um, and I feel like the show even focused more on Ahsoka towards the later seasons. And at the beginning, we maybe focused on Anakin and Obi-Wan a little bit more. 
and uh, sort of Anakin and Ahsoka's sort of developing Padawan master relationship. So, you know, there were a lot of older characters in those stories too. And so, um, you know, with Rebels, it sounds like it's not just going to be sort of one teenager in the middle of this big war like it was with Clone Wars. It sounds, I mean, from these rumors, it sounds like they might be focusing on a whole group of teenagers. And so I'm like, okay, well, I hope there's some really cool rebel general or somebody that's like supervising these kids and not, you know, like letting them just run around and like I said, almost get themselves killed by the empire or something like that. Although one thing that could be cool to see is maybe these teenagers aren't rebels. Maybe they're, you know, surviving Jedi students that Ahsoka is now like training as her own students kind of thing. Um, I mean, at this point, it's kind of hard to predict because we don't really know exactly what the show is going to focus on. And there's so many, I mean, we've talked about it before. There's so many possibilities for the show and so many aspects in between episodes three and four that they could focus on. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that they'll do a good job with it. And, you know, I, I guess just the fact that this show is going to be on Disney channel now, I'm like, I'm hoping I'm ho- or on, uh, you know, on Disney XD, now that, uh, Lucasfilm is owned by Disney. I'm like, I hope they don't take away too much from it by, you know, trying too hard to aim it at a younger audience because I mean, kids love Clone Wars and there were plenty of, you know, adult characters in that show and not every episode had to be about Ahsoka. So, um, you know, I, I hope they just don't focus too much on the younger dem- demographic. Yeah. And like you're saying too, I have full confidence in Dave Filoni and also Greg Wiseman, who I don't know if you watched Young Justice at all, but that was kind of the same thing where it focused on like the sidekick superheroes like Robin, Superboy, and like Kid Flash. But while they were on mission, there was the Justice League characters like Batman and Wonder Woman who would give them their missions and kind of oversee what they're doing. So if it is going to focus on like a young group of uh, characters, then I think they're going to do a good job like they did with uh, Greg Wiseman did with Young Justice. It's kind of having that balancing act where it does make sense that these kids would be like fighting these battles against the Empire or these different situations and have like this group of supervisors, I guess you would, who would supervise what they would do on their mission. So yeah, I have full confidence in the creative team that if they do go that route, they'll make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I st- like, honestly, I still have a lot of faith in them too. This isn't like, Oh crap. The show's going to suck. It's just, yeah. you know, I, I saw this rumor and was like, eh, I hope that's not like a hundred percent true, but I mean, whatever way they decide to go with it, I'm sure, like you said, with the talented team of people working on it, I'm sure it's going to be a fun show. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and then for the uh, for the last thing we've got, I think this is our last thing. Um, kind of jumping back to Battlefront from last week a little bit. I saw this interview. Um, I think I originally saw this on IGN or TheForce.net or something, but this interview is on uh, ComputerAndVideoGames.com, and they interviewed uh, Patrick Soderlund, who's a uh, vice president at EA Games, and you know th- this was like after EA th- or after E3, and they were talking about Battlefield and Mirror's Edge Two and all this stuff that they're doing. But obviously, uh, you know, in part of the interview, they mentioned Battlefront because you know that was such a big thing for them um, and a big part of their conference and all that. And they talked about, you know, the decision of, uh, of taking it on and, uh, you know, acquiring the Star Wars license and all that. But, uh, you know, as we know, it's uh, DICE, who's owned by EA. That's the studio that's making Battlefront. And in this interview, he says that basically DICE, like, begged them to be able to make Battlefront. Yeah. And that Battlefront almost didn't happen because EA was thinking about all the different possibilities for Star Wars games. And just because of 
you know, all the different possibilities that they had and, you know, sort of limited resources and stuff. I mean, obviously EA's got a lot of resources, but still they can't make, you know, an infinite number of Star Wars games. They kind of have to prioritize and decide what they want to do. That Battlefront almost just got overlooked. And then DICE came to them and said, and this was like before they had officially announced that uh, EA was acquiring Star Wars even. He said DICE came to them and said like, hey, we hear you're making Star Wars. Like nobody told us about this. Can we please do Battlefront? Like, and they were really excited about it and really wanted to do it and basically talked EA into giving them that game. And so I've heard, um, you know, I've even heard a lot of people say since that announcement that DICE was making Battlefront that, oh, because DICE makes the Battlefield games and Battlefield and Battlefront are similar, that if you have DICE making Battlefront that it's just going to be, a, you know, another Battlefield game just reskinned with, like, Stormtroopers and Rebels. Which, honestly, I would kind of be okay with. I mean, I would hope for more, but I would be satisfied with that just because we'd get another Battlefront game, and I'm sure they would do a good job making it like that. But he says because the guys who work there, you know, really wanted it so badly and because they all work so hard and take so much pride in their work and, you know, like Star Wars and want to do a good job with the game, that it's really going to be... Um, you know, really going to be something special. It's going to be kind of different from the uh, the previous Battlefront games, which is why, uh, if you've seen the trailer, it just says Star Wars Battlefront at the end. This isn't like Star Wars Battlefront 3, like everybody's been wanting for a long time. I mean, it's a new Battlefront game, but it's kind of a, a reboot of it, I guess, because this is DICE doing their own fresh take on it and kind of adding some new ideas and also taking the ideas that they thought worked best from the original games and implementing them. But they really are going to, you know, put a lot of work and time and thought and effort into this and uh, make it the best Battlefront game that they think it can be. And so reading that, I was even more excited, believe it or not. I mean, if you listen to our last episode, you know, I was really excited about a new Battlefront. But I mean, that um, I well, maybe it didn't make me more excited, but. It was just really satisfying to know, like, okay, not only are we getting a new Battlefront game, but now we really don't have to worry about the quality of it. Because this isn't just a cash grab. EA didn't just throw this at somebody and say, here, make it really quick so we can make some money off of it because people want Battlefront 3. No, this is a studio that really wants to make this game and make it great. So I was like, not only are we getting a new Battlefront, but it's in really good hands, too. And that just made me even more excited as a fan. And I'm just like, I don't care how long it takes for them to make this game. When we finally get it, I am sure I'm going to love it. Yeah. And I love the words that they used in that article where they said, like, why haven't you spoken to us about this? What are you doing? We want to make this game. They're like, kill it. They said, we would kill to make this game. So like, yeah, like you said, you know, that's going to be in good hands and they definitely have the passion to make a truly great battlefront game. And sad, yeah, just like you said, <laughs> just can't wait to, see the first glimpse of what the game's going to look like, let alone finally be able to play it whenever it comes out. But I think it's probably in the best hands it could be in, just going by the love and the passion that the developers at DICE are going to have with this title. I mean, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super exciting. I mean, I like I said, when I read that article, I was just like, just kind of breathed a sigh of relief and had a big smile on my face. I was like, yes, not only do we get a new Battlefront, but it's going to be good, like really good. Yeah, we also should be thankful to DICE for getting it off the ground because, like yes. you said, it wasn't even part of their plan until they brought it up. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you, DICE. <laughs> yeah, thank you for being Star Wars fans like us. Yes.
Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there. And uh, for any of you guys out there that are excited about Battlefront as we are, hopefully you enjoyed that. But uh, that's pretty much all we've got for this week. Uh, like I said, not really any big news, just kind of some little odds and ends that we wanted to wrap up. And um, But we've got, uh, Tim, when we've got this Disney uh, D23 or whatever it's called, Expo coming up pretty soon, right? Yeah, so it was just announced today that uh, Star Wars is going to have a presence at Disney's D23 Expo. And in the press release, it doesn't mention anything about, oh, there's going to be some announcements about Episode 7 or Star Wars Rebels. It's kind of be, it seems like mainly like an introduction to Star Wars as part of the Disney family because one of the things that's going to happen is a crash course in the force, it's called, where uh, I believe uh, Pablo Hidalgo from Lucasfilm is going to kind of give, a, it says in the press release, he's going to give Star Wars newbies and experts like a walkthrough grounding in all the matters of the force and the Star Wars legacy. So it's kind of be like an introduction to Star Wars to those who aren't familiar with it. But at the same time, too, there can always be a surprise announcement made at the show. So we'll just have to wait and see. And we're getting to the big convention season right now where we got Comic-Con next week. And then the week after that's going to be Celebration Europe, too, which I think we're going to get probably the big bulk of some new announcements there regarding Rebels. Maybe Episode 7, we'll see. But I think D23 should probably... I don't want to say I have a big announcement, but I think there will be a surprise there that uh, they're just not revealing just yet. So we'll wait and see. The next few weeks should be pretty exciting for future Star Wars projects. So yeah, while yeah, there definitely. wasn't a lot of news this past month, I think we're going to be getting a lot in the next coming weeks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, probably I, I'm not really expecting anything big out of this Disney Expo, but maybe they'll surprise us with some news out of there. But um, and you know what? There probably won't be a lot at Comic-Con this year either because there's a celebration right afterwards. And, um, I mean, they usually have like a Clone Wars panel at Comic-Con every year, but obviously since that show's ended, um, I doubt they'll be doing a panel this year. And, um, they've already said that the first glimpse of Star Wars Rebels that we're going to get is going to be at Celebration Europe. So if we don't get anything from, uh, from the Disney Expo or from Comic-Con, you can bet we'll be uh, getting some big news out of Star Wars Celebration Europe. So, um, I mean, at the latest, we should be back with another episode after that convention to wrap up any big news that comes out. And, uh, you know, maybe if we get anything out of the other conventions before that, we might do an episode to wrap those up. Yeah, so I'm hoping for some, I don't know about official new casting details, but part of me is kind of thinking this could be the perfect time to finally officially announce that Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher are coming back for episode seven at one of these uh, conventions. So That's what I'm hoping for, especially yeah. since Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher are going to be at Celebration Europe, I believe. Yep. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll finally get that. Uh, we'll be able to put that rumor to, to, to rest. Yeah, and but, I believe, uh, I think um, two years ago, before the Avengers came out, they had like the whole cast for the Avengers at the the D23 Expo. So maybe they'll do the same thing with Star Wars or there'll be a surprise announcement there. Well, all three of them will be on stage somewhere. So, yeah. Well, again, if, if that happens, we will definitely be, uh, right back on here to report it. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see, like I said, there should be some exciting news coming up soon. So we will uh, be back with a new episode for you guys. As soon as something big breaks, that's, worthy of doing a podcast on so hopefully we'll be back soon uh until then may the force be with you and we will see you guys next time see you next time everybody